Welcome back, Uncommon Leaders. This is the Uncommon Leader Podcast, and I'm your host, John Gallagher. So I'm excited to present part two of my captivating interview with Jay Twining. Jay's a highly sought-after personal brand strategist and the host of the Feel Good Fatherhood show. If you missed out on part one, don't worry, I got you covered. Be sure to check out the previous episode by following the link that I've put in the show notes. In this concluding segment of our two-part interview, I had the privilege of asking Jay the customary first-time guest questions, and let me tell you, his responses did not disappoint. Prepare to be inspired as Jay opens up about a personal blind spot he once struggled with, which was a lack of self-awareness coupled with an arrogant attitude. He candidly shares how he used to believe he possessed all-encompassing knowledge and the ultimate opinion, even when he lacked the necessary understanding and experience on certain subjects. However, through uncomfortable discussions with his wife and others, he had a powerful realization. His perspective was limited, and he needed to cultivate humility. I believe this revelation holds tremendous value for leaders just like you and me. So join us as Jay dives deeper into his transformation journey, offering profound insights and lessons that can help us address our own blind spots and foster personal and professional growth. Get ready for an enlightening conversation that will challenge your perspectives and leave you with practical wisdom to apply in your own life. Let's get started. And it's funny we brought up Joe Rogan earlier. So, because I do martial arts and stuff like that. And he was talking with very, I think it's a famous conversation. He was talking with a fighter. And the fighter was not world class. And Joe Rogan could see that the fighter was not world class. And he said, he said to him, he was like, if you keep going, you're just going to get hurt. Somebody's going to like, there's something with your punch or your style or your mindset or just your body that you can't perform. Like you're, you're performing way more than your skills allow you to do. And what I love about this moment, here's what I love about this moment is that if you actually care about somebody, you'll give them that hard, that tough love. Mm-hmm. You'll say, you know, you can't, there's something about your shoulder you can't punch. It's like I think about the boxy movies. No, no, we're throwing in the towel right now. You can't, you can't see my finger. You're not boxing. I'm not putting you in the ring. You know, you're not driving when you're drunk. I'm buying you a taxi. What are other things? Well, um, you're not ready for that leadership role. You're not ready. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Speaking from a leader's perspective and the truth. Mm. And here are the three reasons why. Mm. I'm not going to make them up. I'm going to be truthful because when you can be truthful and then you can identify the gaps, you can see the gaps. That was actually one of the questions I actually wanted to ask you. Like, what is the a blind spot that you have that you've had to have somebody point out to you to, to grow and you didn't like it when you heard it? I had, okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. All right. I, when I, in some of my last years of, of game development, I was, my friend describes me as I was always confident, but I think in that world, I was arrogant and I was filling shoes that I had no right to fill. And I, and I, and one of my, one of my blind spots is in the past it was a sense, uh, a lack of self-awareness, a sense that I was bigger and better than I was. So I was entering a ring I had no business being in. And on occasion, this has 
definitely come up on multiple occasions. Very uncomfortable discussions, especially if we consider the political climate and just things that I don't understand. And I have, you know, I'm I'm very curious, so I'm always asking questions. And sometimes I shouldn't I shouldn't even be asking the question. And so there is a blind spot for me is well that I've had and I continue to struggle with is thinking that I have to know I always have to have an answer. Hmm. Thinking that uh, my relatively small perspective, my relatively small amount of experience is sufficient to speak on every topic that I know. And I think this is very common for us gentlemen, that I know what's right, Hmm. that I know the correct path forward. It's all the same thing. It's all that general done. I think it's Dunder Kruninger. It's a, I call it the DK principle. It's this idea that within my limited sphere of knowledge and influence out there that I have the best opinion, you know, and then, and then as that, as that knowledge and awareness grows, it's kind of like, Oh, I don't have the best opinion. It's, it's the infamous, as far as you know, as far as I know, that's right. And so that's kind of a, what I, as I, as I kind of had a lot, I, I was consistently at this point. So this would have been, yeah, about 10 years ago. This would have been about 10 years ago. This conversation kept coming up in reviews with my wife, not really with my family, not always in friends, friends groups, stuff like that. This theme kept coming up like, hey, you're kind of a D-I-C-K. <laughs> you're <laughs> kind of doing it, these yeah. things. Sure. <laughs> Put it nicely. And I was like, okay, so what? So, so what? What did I do with it? And really what I, I just kind of, number one, I, I worked on myself really just said, okay, why, why do I have this gap? And, you know, there's always, there's always a reason, right? The, the thing that comes up and the behavior that we manifest is either, it's either going to be something that is it's covering up for a perceived fault, or it's a exemplification of a perceived strength. And and so I was like, okay, well, what's going on? And, and what I realized was that I just didn't have, I I was really just lacking humility. Hmm. I really just wasn't willing to say, because I had been punished for it in the past, I, I don't know the answer and, or I'm not prepared to answer your question or, you know, I haven't really thought about it from that perspective. You're kind of surprising me in the front of the room, (laughs) you know, like those kind of elements. And, and so I decided to increase my preparedness. So I decided to, okay, how does that manifest itself? When I learn about new things, I try and it's called the, it's swarming. I try and swarm the topic so I can learn about it from a couple of different perspectives. I've really been making a very big effort of cultivating opposing. So, uh, steel man argumenting. With, with things and opposing views. So when I think about something, I'm like, if I think about a perspective, any statement, I'm like, all right, well, what's the other perspective? What's the argument that could happen here? Why are they both right? Why are they both wrong? Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the argument there? And then the other thing too is shutting up a little bit more and, and listening a heck of a lot more. Um, allowing for, because I think in the, 
in my desire to be right, in my desire to have that confidence in that arrogance, I wasn't allowing other people the opportunity. I had to come up with the solution. I had to have the idea. I was forging the path forward. It didn't allow for the best strength, which is if I'm if I am surrounded by the best people at this moment, at this moment, I'm surrounded by the best people that I'm supposed to be surrounded by, and there, and we're all working towards the, the best solution possible, each from our own perspective and each from our own uniqueness, there's going to be another way. And I would much rather have somebody say, I don't agree with you, or there's a better way, or have you considered this perspective, or this is what I think. Because then I can do what I like to call as a triangulation. Because then I can say, ah, what did I say? What's my perspective? What's their perspective? What's the best pass forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really interesting because when I think about how do I apply this in a do- another area of my life, it's in a relationship, especially in your romantic relationship, there's going to be times when you're making decisions for you and your health. There's going to be si- times when you're making decisions for your spouse and their health. And there's going to be a decent number of times where you're making a decision for the relationship. And I think that's the that's that triangulation that I think about. So that was, I mean, yeah, that's that's what I got. Well, as, answer, question. You know, as I listen through it, because you know, the humility is one that's there all the way all the way through that it's required. There's an awareness that has to be there. You know, and the you know, the term that I got as I as I heard you talking about that came to my mind was what's the impact that I'm having that I'm having on this conversation with who I consider a friend, a mentee, a brother, and what's the impact that I want to have? And where's the chasm between those two things right here? Because that's where the humility lies is this is the impact I'm having. This is the impact I want to have. I need to change my behavior to have this impact. I need to make an action. I need to make a development, develop a skill, whatever that is. So it becomes very important to do that. And I sense that even starting the Feel Good Fatherhood show as you have, and and that's something that I'll put the link in these show notes to make folks, I'm going to have you talk about it specifically here in a minute, that there's probably someone who's influenced you. So let me ask you the first question I always ask my first-time guests as they go forward is to tell me tell me a story from from your youth that you know really still impacts who you are today or drives you as to who you are today. When I was young, I grew up in Toronto. So that's where all hockey players grew up, isn't it? Toronto? <laughs> Yes, well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember we had a lot of because we're so close to the lake because we're right on Lake Ontario. That there's a lot of like feeder rivers and ravines that kind of cut through different parts of the city, and so I was in Scarborough, which is a suburb. I think it's on the the west side, the west side of the of the city. And so I would spend a lot of time kind of like either with my city, with my, my sister rather, and with, with buddies kind of like just exploring and, and just hanging out. 
And so the story, right? The what what I remember from that time was that number one, I had a really good community. Just a really good group of kids. Really hurting anybody being, you know, young kids, uh, hanging out in nature, going on an adventure. So like the community was really strong, really good camaraderie. There were four of us, you know, I was the ace of hearts. We had the ace of spades, ace of diamonds, ace of clubs, right? So we were the four aces. And so we were just, you know, as, as a bunch of guys, as a bunch of young men kind of do, we were, we were doing that stuff. And that was, that was a heck of a lot of fun. So there was definitely a sense of like identity and, and how are we going through and, and how are we leaning on each other and, and just that like a really good mutual friendship. That was a lot of fun. But then the part that I, that I take with me the most when I think about it was just that sense of unbridled energy and competency. And so unbridled energy, this is what is the level of energy, enthusiasm, and excitement that you can bring to a task that only a 10-year-old can do, mm-hmm. right? And man, if I could be that alive today, and not even if, it's like when I can activate that within myself to bring that same level of enthusiasm and energy, what, what am I able to accomplish? Well, that's, that's one thing. That's, that's that piece. And then, and I'll, I'll get to uh, the, the competency part. So the competency being, all right, so none of us are really, like we're still young, still figuring stuff out. But even at that point, I remember multiple conversations thinking about, oh, um, such and such knows how to answer this question. My buddy Jeff knows how to answer this question. Ah, my buddy Bill he knows he knows how to answer this question. He's the best suited for that. No, no, it's my friend AG. He's good. He's got it. He's gonna be the he's gonna be the guy that's gonna be able to to handle the situation. And just kind of realizing that in those moments, in those moments in particular, that how much we think about somebody else as being competent, but how little we think of ourselves as being mm. competent. There's that piece. So the specific, you know, one of the really specific stories that really kind of stuck with me was it was getting a bit late. And so Jeff's dad was a cop and, you know, it's like, we just kind of hooliganing around and things were getting a bit late and we just ended up in that moment. It was late. We all had bandanas. This would have been early nineties in a city kind of the kind of the edge of and i think like i kind of see the i see i saw your face there uh-huh. so i think i think you kind of see what's going uh-huh, on yep. and uh-huh. we ended up being really really close to getting into a lot of trouble and and the kind of trouble that i'm really happy that mm. you know jeff's dad kind of showed up and did that kind of stuff so um what it really was was just this moment where I think the four of us just kind of realized just how stupid we were in that moment, knowing, knowing the education of just dad and like what kind of city we were in. Cause Toronto's Toronto's the biggest city in Canada. Right. So, and it's a very, very diverse city. Lots of different things are happening there. And you no, know, we just, we ended up on, thankfully we were on the other corner from what was happening. And 
what and now when i think back to what i remember it was like the members that they were kitty corner to us some of them went that way across like a four lane a four four street light thing some of them went this way and some of them went that way and so we were like one traffic light <laughs> one one stop one one traffic stop thing from from having to uh having to either run or fight or do something crazy and it, it just kind of really stuck with me just to to really be very careful because there's been a lot of different situations in my life where I haven't always made the right decision, but it, it's potentially been dangerous. My wife and I have a, a funny story about uh, being coming back from PAX East in Boston, back home and walking by a, a club in the shadier part of town because I had made a very silly decision about where I parked. But just being really aware of, you know, pay attention to what's around you. And if you're wearing the wrong thing, if you're signaling the wrong thing, and if you're ignorant to that, to whatever it is you're signaling, be very careful. There's a lot of people that the world isn't always as safe as we think it is. And most of it is safe because we're making decisions to stay where we're safe. And when we stray out of that, and now I'm, I haven't really been in danger. I'm a Canadian, never been to war, I haven't been a shoulder, soldier. Very, I bet, a very safe and sheltered life. And that was probably the closest I got to some real, real trouble. But I, I started at that point, even when I was young, unconsciously just looking around, just making sure I was aware of who was around me, making sure I was aware of the questions I was asking. And I think that that served me pretty well. Well, I mean, as I, as I listen through that, I appreciate you sharing that story, Jay. Because there are so many things that influence us. And that, again, as we move into even fatherhood and the stories that we had as kids that we try to relate back to our children as to those ignorant or maybe dumb mistakes that we made or almost made, you know, there's a there's a lesson to be learned, as you say, in terms of the awareness, but also the self-control, you know, with regards to there's there's no reason to put yourself in a position that could lead to something poor the odds of that happening are something something poor so you know be be really aware and just don't be just don't be dumb most of it really like in that particular situation a lot of it came down to we were young kids we didn't have a good sense of identity about who we were and if you remember the early 90s it was like everybody was a skater or a rapper or a hip hopper mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so this kind of stuff and we were just dumb and we just had the wrong kind of clothes on, the wrong kind of bandana on, the wrong kind of stuff. And it was like, yeah, you know, at that time, like, lucky as hell. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> we Look really back lucky. on it. Absolutely. And somebody was looking out for you. As you said, your friend's dad ultimately yeah. looking out for you. And that's what we had back in those, even I'm a little bit older than you, even in those days where I talked about, like, as you took me through the 10 year old years, and I'm thinking of my free spirit 10 speed bike and the one mile loop that was our neighborhood. And every parent of the six or seven guys that I hung out with, had the total permission to beat the ever-living snot out of us if we did something dumb, right? And we don't have enough of that today. I, mean, I believe we don't have enough of that today that is trust and love, you know, in our neighborhoods and things like that, which leads me, frankly, right into your podcast, the Feel Good Fatherhood podcast that you host on YouTube. And I want to ask you first, tell me about the name of the podcast. And then secondly, really tell the, tell the listeners you know, why they should go 
and and listen and subscribe to the podcast. I've always had a big reservation against like happiness and enthusiasm and exuberance and all this kind of jazz. And so when I hit feel good, I really had this moment where I was like, oh, that's super catchy. That's super catchy. But it has to be explained in what I believe feeling good means. Mm -hmm. And so I think, and this isn't unique, but I think for a father and I think for men in particular, there's a handful of things that we're looking for. There's a handful of things that we really want. Number one, I think a man is best to perform when he's got a purpose, when he's got something that he's working towards. There's a mountain on the horizon. He wants to go climb it and he's walking towards it and he's making his progress. I think having that clarity of this is who I want to be, this is who I am, and this is the impact. That purpose, that's one aspect of feel good. The second piece of feel good is that we are not built as human beings, and in particular as men, to be alone. And when my eldest daughter was born, about three to six months after she was born, I was trying to reach my biological father who I was estranged from. And part of the conversation was just simply a check-in because I hadn't talked to him in about 15 years. Just a, hey, like, you know, your line's continuing. I'm a father now. Kind of the, I don't, I don't even, it's so hard for me to even now at this point think about it because it's been a couple years and there's still some numbness there for me. But we're not meant to be alone. So I was reaching out to say, I want to have a conversation with you. There, I even then had a sense of my blood, me, your blood. So there was this generational thing. I was like, I want you to know this is happening. There was no desire for me to have a relationship, but I want you to have that. The crazy part is that he died like that year. So there is this sense of for me that there's that loss of loss of the paternal relationship loss of my father and in that because of everything else that was going on in my life the studio had closed i moved and i uprooted my whole family across the country so we went from providence rhode island to san diego california away from family away from oh, everything wow. lots of stuff was going on i really was isolated and when it came to just the regular support and conversation you would expect to have as a human being, it was very difficult in the environment that I had to have somebody to lean on in the moment. And so the other part of feel good is knowing, even if it's at a very high level, that you're not alone. We're always in the trenches, every one of us, any parent. So the title is Feel Good Father, but really any parent, somebody has gone through it before you. Somebody's probably in it, doing the same thing that you're doing, having the same struggles, the same everything. And it's incumbent on you to learn how to reach out to somebody else, even if it's just locally, or even if it's over Zoom now, today, over the phone, 
like to just connect with somebody. And I'm not talking about social media. I'm not saying make a post on whatever the heck the social media platform is. Talk about real connection, get the face, see the face, have the conversation, build a relationship. So really, if I think about what are the two core elements of feel good fatherhood, number one, it's having conversations with other people, other men, and people that serve men about their purpose. What do they know? What's their expertise? And how are they transferring that from to the next generation? And what do they inherit from their current generation? So there's that purpose element. You are a father. This is a new role, a new identity, a new purpose. Embrace that. And so the people that I interview, they're fathers or the people that serve fathers and they want to talk about it. That's like criteria. Like you got to want to talk about it. You got to want to have that conversation. But number two, it's the, I was so alone. And I had to figure out so much of it by myself and I didn't have to. And part of it was that arrogance of me not knowing that I could ask for help, not knowing that I was surrounded by people, not being able to build that because I was arrogant. I had the right answers, self-imposed. But knowing that, you know what? If at that time, I was willing to listen to other people go through different elements, I was, and by people, if I was listening to, willing to listen to other fathers and other parents describe their experience, the struggles that they went through, what they want to impart to their kids. And there was a human element to what I was going through. A lot of the pain that I experienced in that time, it would have just diminished. A lot of that D-I-C-K that I (laughs) experienced earlier, it wouldn't have happened because I wouldn't have felt alone. I wouldn't have felt like I was on an island. I would have had a community. And so feel good fatherhood is a place where you can know that you're not alone. Like that's the purpose of it. And it's got skills and like people are giving you their hard won wisdom, their experience for free. You just got to be willing to learn. That's, that's what feel good father it is. I would encourage the leaders to go find it on YouTube, feel good father. And I'll put a link to the show in the show notes of this podcast. Jay Twining, I've I've had a blast talking with you. I know that we could talk for two more hours. I want to honor your time. And I always finish with a a specific question for first-time guests as well. And you ought to have some fun with this. This ought to generate some quiet just for a little while. But I'm going to give you a billboard, and you can put it anywhere. And you can put any message you want to on that billboard. What would you put on that billboard, and why would you put it on there? Continue being awesome. (laughs) Not as much of a pause. Continue being awesome. Continue because the word means that you were this in the past, that you are it in the present, and you will continue to be it in the future. Being, it is who you are. There's no way to change it. And then awesome, the real root of that word, like this divinely inspired awe, that's what awesome means. It doesn't mean what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mean, like how they made it. It's not a surfer dude thing, Mm -hmm. but it means that you are a person that is worthy of awe. Continue being worthy of awe. Just continue being yourself. Continue being awesome. If, If you're really aligned with that, if you're aligned with who you are and you've been that and you are that and you're going to be that and you're executing your life at the highest possible level that you can and you're growing and you're changing and you're striving and you're working and you're giving 100% effort whenever you can to everything that you're doing, keep doing it. 
Amen, brother. Thank you. Appreciate your Thank time, you, Jay. Thanks for being on the Uncommon Leader Podcast, and I know we will connect again soon, okay? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Uncommon Leader Podcast. Thanks for listening in. Please take just a minute to share this podcast with that someone you know that you thought of when you heard this episode. One of the most valuable things you can do is to rate the podcast and leave a review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, or you can rate the podcast on Spotify or any other platform you listen. Did you know that many of the things that I discuss on the Uncommon Leader Podcast are subjects that I coach other leaders and organizations on? If you would be interested in having me discuss one-on-one or group coaching with you, or know someone who is looking to move from underperforming to uncommon in their business or life, I would love to chat with you. Click the link in the show notes to set up a free call to discuss how coaching might benefit you and your team. Until next time, go and grow champions.